Coming to you direct from Bris Vegas, Australia, we are four music fans who have agreed to disagree on just about everything in popular music. I'm Lord Ben, Lord of the Lords, your humble host, and a real-life meatloaf fan. I'm joined by my three bats out of hell, Lord Brett, your own Kenny G, and your long-haired lover from Coochie Mudlow, Lord Al the Enigma, he loves the obscure but won't deny the heavy metal youth in his closet, and Lord Kev, still keeping up that fake Irish accent, if only to deride anything that ever sold more than five copies. We'd like to dedicate tonight's episode to Jim Steinman, the legendary producer and songwriter who had hits with everyone from Bonnie Tyler, uh, an air supply, and of course uh, made Meatloaf's career. Uh, he passed away just a couple of weeks ago on April the 19th, so yeah, rest in peace, Jim. To the Lords of Loud, episode seventy-five. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us again. Um, and we've got a great show for you tonight. We've got a new segment. A new segment. Bizarro World. Bizarro dun, World. Dun, dun. I've got no idea what that is, but we'll find out about that in a minute. And um, we'll also be spinning the magical musical wheel of fortune, mystery fortune, yeah. <laughs> mystery magical, is magical it mystery mystical magical tour of musical fortune. Yeah, Michael. Mr. Misophiles. Yep. It's the the episode that everybody hangs around for. So we'll be doing that later in the show. But of course, as always. They fast forward through this bit. That's right. They just get through this to the other. (laughs) More Grease Monkey, they keep calling. Yeah, that's right. More Grease Monkey. Um, But before that, of course, we have to do Album of the Week. And Kev, you've got Album of the Week this week. Yeah. I do, yes. And then. How can I say this other than uh, I was stuck for the first time in, what, two years odd of doing this? I was a bit stuck. I just thought, oh, I've got to do an album of the week. And, um, you know, I looked at what we were, we were going to record and we're doing this bizarro um, idea. And um, there's a favourite, favourite LP of mine called Bizarro. How bizarre. Uh, it's by The Wedding Present. It's from um, 1989, and um, the wedding present oh, do a particular type of very fast indie rock, um, which you know when you were a wee 
teenage kids was just what you wanted to hear and um their first couple of singles off that were my introduction to them they became like the first band i ever got to see in a proper you know jumping around the glasgow barland and then mm. um, first ever time i met somebody from the band wow. i think i've told you the anecdote before about interviewing david gedge the guitarist <laughs> yes. giving him you know asking him hard-hitting questions like how many marks out of 10 would you give that then Dave but <laughs> um, she said oh, I don't know seven. Um, I met him again subsequently um, down in London and I got a great wee story there where um, somebody came come up to him in front of me and said can you take your picture you know and give him a, a camera as it was back in those days and um, they hadn't recognised him at all they were actually asking Dave to take a picture oh. of <laughs> This guy was asking, yeah, Dave to take a picture awesome. of him and his girlfriend. And I had to stand there and watch this. And rather than go up to and speak to him, just after that moment, I walked away. Um, so, yeah, they, they are famous for very um, long titles. And, um, you know, um, in their first album and the second album that they brought out was uh, Ukrainian um, music. So I thought Alan would appreciate that sort Absolutely. of left turn that they took into a kind of a crazy um, Ukrainian sessions band for a while. Um, and then straight back into the, the fast-paced um, indie pop um, that they, they did so well. I'm going to play a little bit of um, a single off of um, Bizarro. Um, it's called, I think, Brassneck. And um, Mr. Music, will you play? The wedding present. Foolish. Doesn't sound like your kind of music, Kev. Yeah, that's right. That's not in the pocket at all. <laughs> no, that was that was the beginning of the pocket. I was <laughs> Very good. Okay, we'll do yourself a favour. Get out and check yourself out some uh, wedding present. Is there a particular album there, Kev? Or are you just saying that was the album was Bizarro. Oh, it is called Bizarro. Right. Bizarro okay, yep. right. Hence the connection. Yes, which Very leads good. us nicely into. Bizarro World. Bizarro now, Bizarro. the way I understand this is, um, now, Al, I might get you to fill in some gaps here, but sure. the idea is that we take a an artist that one of us finds, you know, one of our one of one of us one of us's favourite artists, mm -hmm. and we have to sort of flip the script on it and go, mm -hmm. you know, that that person has to find the worst songs of yep. that artist, and the rest of the group has to find some good tracks from yes. that artist or some of the the better tracks that. Yes, yes, or at least fake it. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I'm assuming you're faking it in this case because uh, tonight's bizarro world is uh, meatloaf. Yes. Mm. You know, meat, wow. one of the one of the staples of life. Yeah. Um, and so I'm expected to find some trash amongst his catalogue, mm -hmm. and you guys are going to come up with your yeah. hottest tracks. In, in a way, we're both looking for nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. 
All right. So, how do you want to play this? Do, is one of you want to start off with something that you? Well, yeah, yeah. Let's like? let's let's uh, let's start positively, and then we can yeah. end on the sour note. Right? All right. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yeah. Now, my unfortunate, and I found this really hard because I don't know what it is about uh, Mister Loaf, but um, yeah, it's really it's really quite tough. In fact, one of the girls I went out with in in my younger days. Here we go. I was horrified, <laughs> horrified to find she many. was a, a meatloaf fan. Oh, uh, it nearly ended the relationship right there. Yes, I'm not uh, surprised. Hey, we're married now. No, no, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You're so, bastard. So, so looking through the tracks. Okay, here's what I've found. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Paradise by the Dashboard Lights oh. from Bad Out of Hell, and I guess what I, uh, to me, this is. Three songs mashed together. Yes, it's very mm-hmm. operatic. It's, a, it's an op- yeah, it's an operatic. Yeah, thing. Very yeah. operatic, mm-hmm. and and I guess I like, I, I I like the idea that in the middle of it, there's the, uh, is it a baseball sort of call where where mm. they, it's a game they're playing. Yes, a game. yes but he's, he's using that as a is a very thinly veiled <laughs> yes metaphor for moving through the bases. That's right. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But Ad- it, advancing on a girl. Yeah, but which, again, it, it's the wit. It's the wit because the line, the classic thing at the end, he, you know, she's begging him. You know, you're gonna love me. You're gonna love me forever. Yeah. Uh, and he's saying, "Can I sleep on it?" You yeah, know, yeah. And all this. And she's saying, "No, no, no, no. I need to know right now." And then he finally says, he "I'm going to love you to the end of time." And then the classic line after that is, and "Now I'm praying for the end of time." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so so, so I can, I can, oh yeah. And, and, and again, I like the um, uh, uh, the the beginning section, section one. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has the sort of doo-woppy sort of thing. It's well, it, it is well done. So, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, we might come in a, a minute, a, a little bit into the song, just to see if we can get a little taste. Ten seconds, maybe. Just to get a taste of it. And it is a really good example of you know that musical theatre yeah, type, yeah, type yeah, of background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And, and he's he uh, uh, the I mean, Bad Out of Hell. His voice suits those songs. Yes, they don't suit me, but his his voice yes. suits those yes. songs. Yes. Uh, and the other thing, I, I could never buy the the film clip where where the lady's quite nice. Sure. He's not. I can never yeah, buy, yeah, I can never buy right. that piece mm-hmm. of the theatre. And I think I've said it before about that song, Jim Steinman, who's who you can't separate the two i mean meatloaf only has a career because of jim steinman the songwriter um he just has a way of summing up that that teenage experience yes. yeah um you know it, just incredibly and i know i've mentioned it before so i won't go mm. on about it now actually i'm supposed to hate must, i'm supposed to be a hater here aren't i That's right. yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to you, say that was rubbish you're actually <laughs> providing the color like because i guess the point of this idea is that we go out of our comfort zone and we look into you know mm. and i think i've shared a wee story with you about how i had a swimming coach that 
Yes. You know, we yes. Yes. I was like a swimming swim coach. I wanted the dad that took yeah, yeah, us yeah. up to this uh, training sessions in the morning, and that's what you had to what listen to. I remember what, I had this horrible flashbacks when you were playing that. I was like, my God, that song just went on forever. Like it was only twenty minutes up to Largs, and oh Christ, that thing started, and you'd be praying for the end. You'd be wanting to jump into like twenty-five degrees worth of large swim. What sort of swimwear would you be wearing when you do that? Well, what I was going to say was that um, it would be hard for any of us as um, non-massive meat fans, okay, to go straight in with anything other than Buy It Hell. I mean, that mm. was an, you know, a classic album. And it must have been a bit like one of those ones everyone had. For the, you know, that was old enough. To just, it was so popular. Oh, you knew someone it, sold, it sold gazillions, didn't it? And yeah. um, I, I'll... I'll jump in if Quite it's all right and really. say that I'm not going to mess around. I'm going to say that my fa- favourite um, Meatloaf song is Bat Out of Hell, the single. I'm not, you know, <clears throat> pulling no punches. It's just, um, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting for me, and I didn't know this before, that he had such a big background in theatre, yes. you know, mm-hmm. and in musical theatre, and in doing, you know, the kind of Rocky Horror, particularly yeah. the yeah. Rocky Horror yeah. type of thing that he was into, mm-hmm. but also, you know, comedy and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you can hear it mm-hmm. in the whole thing, but Battle of Hell just sat enough into a kind of a almost heavy metalish yeah. aesthetic yes. for me as a young, young kid that yeah. was like, oh, this is kind of yeah, yeah, rough yeah. on, and then later in the album you're like, Jesus, mate. He's a brick. <laughs> I will say that Bat Out of Hell, you know, there's moments in that that are just so, you know, just a great energy about them, great yes. kinetic power. Like, yeah. Ben, you'll know better than, than I do where to drop into that. But that line where he's talking about rock and rolling through, rock and rolling through, mm. you know, just the, mm. the tricks that him and Steven play with the tempo. Yeah, so I've decided to play the whole track. <laughs> um, I mean, no, that rubbish. No, Extended 12-inch. I've jumped in a minute and a half. I don't know if that's going to be enough to catch everything, but please go That'll to Spotify an and, yeah. and, and watch the whole, listen to the whole thing. probably come as a kid because it's it kind of sounds dramatic and you can really like you can goof off doing it 
I think. Like, if you were going to sing along with something, you could be like, yeah, totally, bad out of here. Um, and, and not have to worry about you do? And not have to worry about sounding like a dick. Whereas when you're a bit older, you'd be like, come on. No, mate. It's a, it's a great one to blast. <laughs> yeah. On your way down yeah. to 7 Eleven. This is but, the but, but if you're going to sing along with it. I think as a kid, and it's not probably... it's not pop music, definitely. No. But you know, it's 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 uh, show tunes, mm. really. Mm. Yeah, and there's yeah, just so many yeah. parts to that one song. Mm. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's what we saying before about the other one. Well, I think you know, it's no surprise that I'm a prog fan. Yes. So I think I think this is like a, almost a blend of of it's like a pop version of prog in a lot of ways. And mm. shortened, mm. yeah, you know, that that operatic, that sort of soap opera, you know, mini operatic sort yeah. of style is yeah, a, yeah. Is a is part of prog and and mm. this was a popular this was certainly a popular album. I mean that's mm. yeah, yeah. I think soap opera is a good way of saying it. Actually, it's a supernatural soap opera. You're just watching yeah, this one it. song. That's and, right. yeah. and interestingly, as well, pioneer of the wind fan video. The first yeah. guy, yeah, you know, yeah. every time you see, what just lends itself to that kind of music. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I mean, maybe it was just so bloody hot. He needed to have a fan on him at the time, yeah, yeah. but it gave it this kind of like he's mm. kind of flying, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it, but it's so angst-ridden, and that and and again, you you, that's the part of the theatre of it that that mm. you know that he's bearing his soul in front of us, mm-hmm. as sweaty and ugly as it might be. But he's mm. you know it's right there, and and again, yeah, a bit of wind in your face, and mm-hmm. there you go. And that's probably why why it might be fun to parody because it really is. You know, yeah. he's yeah. he is well, he's almost parroting that angst, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's total commitment to this is my soul and I just need to sing it right now. Yeah. yeah. And, don't think and, any, and he's saying everything. anyone take the piss out of Meatloaf because he's half doing it on myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But he's saying everything, those lyrics and that, he's, he's, it's so raw. Like, you know, it, it's funny, but it's raw. Like, it's yeah, so yeah, raw. Like, it's yeah. he's saying all the things that you wish you would say, you'd want to yeah, say in front yeah. of people, but you would never do it, you know. And so I think that's why it's open to ridicule because it's that yeah. kind of. And speaking of open to ridicule, I mean, Alan, <laughs> what are you? What are you going in? With? What have you got, Al? <coughs> I've also gone for a track off "But Out of Hell." Hmm. Uh, when I was doing the abbreviations for the al- albums that I was looking at, I was pleased to see that that uh, gets shortened to "boo," um, as in "boo." Right. Okay. Um, so you see that that like that's an obvious phase. Like, oh yeah, of course you abbreviate the album. <laughs> well, I mean, "Bad Out of Hell" is like I guess you could go bad, but. I like to do the okay. you know, the acronym. Um, <laughs> so I went, I went for you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, sure. great song. Again, I mean, a, shit song. Why'd you choose that? Yeah. <laughs> well done, Ben. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a classic. You'll come round, all right. You'll come round. You offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses. Oh God, I forgot oh. about that. I mean, it is a bit you wanky at the start. Yeah. Yes. Was this in the single? Like all this dialogue? His teeth? No, 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 yes. no. Thank God. Now, they do a, a very cut-down version for the single. Actually, I think it comes in straight after this for the single, for the radio mix. Uh-huh. his hunger? Yes. yes. Again, will he offer me his hunger? Yes. No. Oh, sorry. And will he starve? I'm out of here. You're a creep. Yes. <laughs> Can I think about it? Yes. <laughs> do it. Yes. On a hot summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Yes. I bet you say that to <laughs> all the boys. I, I do wish that it had less high frequency guitars and everything. This is very wispy. 
it just, I disagree. I think that's what gives it its charm. That's what makes it funny. Yeah. 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 It's almost like you're going in, you're all in. That's why. That's see. a 70s production style, though. Yeah. Well. When did it come out? Oh, 77. So what made you pick this one out? What, what do you like about it? Great chorus. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. It, 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 the, and talk about musical production, it... It's um, it's it's very Bruce Springsteen uh, yeah, on the run absolutely. Yeah. to the point where the glockenspiel or the xylophone or whatever there, mm. that's just a born to run thing, right? Absolutely. I didn't and that full something. that you didn't hear. It's a huge bond. You know, you yeah, yeah, yeah. It. But it, it's that full sound, mm. full wall of sound. Yeah. And, you know, for your liking, it's a little on the treble side, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, when I listened to that, I, I merely thought, of, well, it's just Springsteen. Yeah, oh, it does have a, a very... Swirling sort of, yeah, anthemic, yes, type of feel to it, mm-hmm. uh, and it's. I mean, it is an interesting song in that it's got a few, uh, I guess, false dynamics in it. Like you think, oh, the chorus is going to come next. It's like, oh no, yeah, yeah, it's this other bit, and then that happens, and then yeah. All right. And so is this, is this where I jump in and add a an antidote to what you've just now? Yeah. Were you able provided? to find any? Yeah, oh, it's hard. It's hard. I've had to put a twist on it. Um, look, I've I've stayed away from because you know obviously I've just mentioned before that the Jim Stein and Meat Life connection can't be separated. Um, so I've, I've tried to keep it to albums. Well, I have, I've tried to keep it to albums where they were where they work together, right? Because mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. was obviously you know like anything there was mm. you know they had riffs they went off he did an album you know Meat Life tried to do an album without Steinman and um, one of the ones I mentioned there was you know the record label wouldn't pay for Steinman because by this stage he was you know realizing that he was the main you know mm. he was basically half the the value of the of the duo sort of thing so are you saying that you've gone for songs that you don't really think are great but still with Stamen because otherwise it'd be like shooting a fish in a bar exactly yeah. exactly mm-hmm. yeah i mean you could just you might as well just write off any of those albums that that yeah. life did without jim Stein. i mean they're just not they don't sound like midlife albums mm. um they're just not the same yeah you don't have that Quirky, the, the sort of parody of of yourself that you know that those the comment the sort of mm. you know the comedic elements to the mm. lyrics mm. and that and yep. and that's sort of the there's no meat you're just left with it's just yeah, that's <laughs> right you're just left with bread. bones yep <laughs> that's it all right so the first we're, one we're, the first one I would use as an as an antidote here is is I've picked it just purely because of the song title really and the and the lyrical content it's just it's hilarious this is off Dead Ringer which was the follow up to to Bad Out of Hell. Um, Poorly performed album. I think it's one of those ones that they sort of rushed into you know, trying to get something out um, yeah, right. off the success of Bad Out of Hell. Mm. Um, this one's called I'm Going to Love Her for Both of Us. And basically through the whole song, <laughs> uh, it's about Meatloaf as the singer, you know, the character, the main character in the song, singing it, um, trying to convince this other guy that, you know, you're, you're not doing the right job. You're not, you're not good enough for her. So <laughs> by the end of the night, I'm basically going to take her home and I'm going to love her for both of us. All right. Like I'm going to, I'm going to fill in your role and, wow. and you know, Mm-hmm. Um, what a guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great guy. Just but, uh, <laughs> so let's hear a little bit of that. Yeah. 
So I've picked that because it literally sounds like a Weird Al <laughs> Yankovic. Yeah, that's right. Cover yeah. of a meatloaf. A parody song. of a meatloaf. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a good, yeah, it's great. So that's where the the, <laughs> the comedy aspect tips over from being yes. sort of clever mm-hmm. and, and whatever to being just yeah ridiculous. All right. So cool. Arlen, are we back to you or is it Brett? Oh sure. Well, we can. Yeah, do you have anything else? Uh, uh, oh, oh, Brett's got nothing. I couldn't find. <laughs> he couldn't find. <laughs> oh, I, well, oh come on! You haven't put it. Right. Right. I got to say that you know um, there's there's one more song that needs to be talked about, and that's definitely. Um, uh, Dead Ringer for Love, uh, the 80s, 1980s single we did with Cher. And again, like um, this for me was a lot to do with the video. And um, y- y- there's some jokes in there which really speak to, you know, how much he understood his position in, you know, the pantheon and in sort of pop culture, you know. It, there's this great moment where he walks into the bar and... Um, <laughs> He's got a, like a baseball jersey on, you know, at the beginning of the video, and sees Cher, and she's like, "Oh, hi, who's this?" Uh, <laughs> he looks at her, she looks at him, and he takes off um, t- takes off his b- baseball He's jersey, like, and, one hit, and underneath yeah. is the full m- meatloaf oh, waistcoat, yeah. stage know, costume, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and and the hair's all done all of a sudden, and you just bang straight into Dead Ringer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's a belter. It's just a lot of fun, um, you yeah. know. And they're back, I would say. Ben might disagree with me, but they're back on form at this point. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, there was a couple of good tracks on that album. It's just yeah, you can tell yeah. it's a little bit, it's a little bit rushed out. Even the production, like you, you listen to them back to back, and that there's just such great clean production on that. Like for Alan's taste, yeah, a little bit too yeah. clean on some of those things, but um, it feels like even the production's been rushed on this. It's it, the sound is a little bit muddy. It's a right. little bit just things mm-hmm. aren't quite as defined as they were on on Battered Hell. And look, mm-hmm. that could just be that. You know, they've gone back and probably you know, remastered Battered Hell several times because yeah. it's been so successful and they've probably not touched Dead Ring of you know, for, yeah, the, for, yeah. what, for the release that's on Spotify. But, um, yeah, great track. I mean, yeah. shit track. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for fleshing that out yeah. against your, you know, against your best interests. But, yeah, there we go. That was that was one I had to just throw in throw in yeah. as well as the huge meatloaf fan I am. <laughs> Sounds like it was recorded in mono. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It needs a it needs a remaster or something. It <laughs> hasn't survived that, well over the years. That Do you know if they kept if he, if he had the same sort of backing band? Uh, I don't know the specifics about that, but when you listen through the catalog, particularly on Bat Out of Hell and and some and uh, even Bat Two, um, great great musicianship. Because I was going to say the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, guitarists yeah. just you know the, yeah the, the, oh, there's like a couple there, but yeah, they, they seem yeah. like yeah they're not doing. Mm. Well, I've got another song. All right. <laughs> you found see, another see, one. Another see what's song. happened now? We've opened the meat mm. <laughs> <cabinet>. meat locker. <laughs> you've yeah. sliced, you've right. sliced the meatloaf. Yeah, that's right. Well, I also found a uh, an autobiography by uh, Jim Steinman. Oh. Um, and it was uh, it was intriguing. It's, are you uh, going to read that, are you? Oh, just the title. Just sit in. It's only 180 pages. <laughs> that's right. 
I don't always write long song titles, but when I do, I often write them for meatloaf. Open parentheses, and you can't tell me that's a bad thing. Close parentheses. Yes. Semicolon. A <laughs> memoir of the Black Knights and Hot Love of Jim Steiner. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow, that's that almost awesome. as long as the songs that's he wrote. so good. <laughs> It may not be published. Um, <laughs> I did see a fantastic subtitle of theirs. It was called Love and Use a Dirty Job, brackets, but someone's got to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's one that I had that I was going yeah. uh, I mean, the, the longest song title uh, that I found with them was, was 12 words, and it was Objects in the Rear View Mirror May Appear yes. Closer Than They Are. Yeah, great song. That, that was definitely that's the longest That's a bat too. Yeah, great song. But uh, I chose something off an album that he did without Jim, mm. oh. uh, Hell in a Handbasket from 2011. This is Blue Sky slash Mad Mad World slash The Good God is a Woman and She Don't Like Ugly. Um, <laughs> nice. And the thing that got my attention with this one, it's got Chuck D as oh. a guest appearance. Oh, really? Chuck D from Public Enemy, those of you out there who aren't familiar, um, which was just bizarre. And when I listened to the song, I actually thought the Chuck D bit uh, took away from the song. <laughs> wow. So, wow. Yeah, it was, and it was quite remarkable. I don't know whether, you know, Meatloaf is going, you know, fishing around for going, oh, everyone's got, you know, guest rappers on, you know. Wow. And the, the best that he could go back to was the 90s and go, oh, yeah, there was that dude. Um, <laughs> Jesus. What's his name? He's the only guy he could remember because it sounded yeah. like Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. So, this is from a known fan, so we'll give you that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so that was, I'm not going to say it all again. Yeah, I'll yeah. say the first bit. This is Blue Sky. Yeah. Did you want me to jump in mid, mid-track here? Uh, or well, may, maybe start it and then jump a few times to right. get, get a feel for it. So. It is the same blue sky that plays to the same dark night that shows off the same light that's chased by the same sunrise over this piece of ground that spins and weighs us down don't be on Just proves the point how shit <laughs> anything is yeah, without wow. Simon involved. You just like the song title, right? Yep. Uh, look, there were, bits of, there were bits of it that have, there was actually quite a lot where it's like the, the music's pretty good. Sure. And the melody for the vocals is fine, the lyrics are fine, but it's just his delivery. Sure. So it's a really, if you. He sang it. If he had mimed it, it would have been better. <laughs> saying. He just didn't like that delivery. If, uh, yeah. Maybe if he if he was just the appearance and someone else oh, sang it or something like Millie Vanilli, you know? sure, Meaty Vaniti, <laughs> Meaty Vaniti. Okay, well we go back to Ben now to yeah. put the bird to put the final bird in. Tell us how much he sucks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've got a yeah. This is this is one that I've chosen really because this is off the album. So yeah, they've done they've done the albums. He's done a couple of albums at this point without 
uh, Steinman. Uh, oh, sorry, no, let me, no, let me revise that. What happened was this: they done the, they did the first couple of albums. They went to do this album, which is Midnight at the Lost and Found, and uh, this is the one where the the record company wouldn't pay for Steinman his his now fees for you know even though with the success wow you know and everything. So he'd offered him up. Steinman offered, had already offered him for this album pre like before writing any further tracks for it. He'd already offered him um, Total Eclipse of the Heart, yeah, which went to Bonnie Tyler, mm, yeah, 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 and. Um, uh, Making love out of nothing at all, which yeah. went to air supply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the air supply connection wow. there with meat. You know what we say, meat. Uh, meat and air. Yeah. Meat and air. <laughs> and um, bread. And bread. And bread. Bread. <laughs> bread and meat and air. So two hits for those artists who went on to record them. That yeah. meat life could have had on a third. I mean, that would have been a great mm. yeah. follow up. Wow. You know, like I mean, mm. that's crazy. Plus, he would have obviously written more tracks had they mm. done the deal to, to have him on the record. Um, so instead, no Steinman on this record. Record was a complete flop, um, so I've picked something off that which is pretty dodgy. It's called Razor's Edge, um, and here we go with uh, you know, final proof that uh, without Steinman, Meatloaf is is nothing. Again, though, the musicianship's quite awesome. Trying to go for that early '80s, it's just not me. Yeah, yeah. Soft rock, yeah. 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 Great lyrics. Singing properly, like it's like you can't even commit to it or something. All the instrumentation's gone, the whole body's just like sucked out of it. I think that was what, um, what did the bloke from Woggy March say? It was like drinking gin with nothing else in, like you know, you need need the parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like he's lost part of himself there, so that's um, yeah. Anyway, that proves that. It's a sad note. um, What am I supposed to say? That proves that meatloaf shit. (laughs) Well, you, you. Before a good argument, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, we agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We dragged it out slightly. Of yeah, okay. and I think it's an interesting experiment, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys. You know, obviously wading through hours and hours of, of his discography Listen, there. More. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think we we all trying to find it. your best bits. So <laughs> it was painful. Something did <laughs> <laughs> a cost me. It's like. Meatloaf is almost like a one-hit wonder that turned into a one-album wonder that should have just stopped, you know. But <laughs> it it just kept going. I mean, it obviously yeah. had enough appeal, um, sure. you know, mm. to, to to be in a really strange space. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, you stray too far from Bat One and Bat Two, and you're in some yeah. dark territory. Yeah. Mm. So mm. yeah, mm. straight back to hell. To those, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> stick to those couple of albums in particular, or a greatest hits package from from Meat. So. Mm, cool. Very bizarre. Very bizarre. Yeah. All right. Well, we might revisit that in the future as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Not let's move life. on. Just yeah, we're coming for you, Black Crows. <laughs> you can only reheat that meat <laughs> so, right. so many times. So many times. Um, but let's move on to the magical musical Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. And uh, Wheel it in. 
wheel it in. Here comes the wheel. And let's give it a spin now and see what comes up. Here we go. Oh, Grease Monkey. I thought we took that off the wheel like... Twice. No, no, Is this no, number no. seven or something? It's I think so it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's so popular. Too popular. Right. I, mean, uh, I, like encourage, gonna... I encourage everyone to tune out now. <laughs> <laughs> when you're on a winning formula, why change, hey? Oh, dear. All right. Let's go to Grease Monkey Music. Grease Monkey. Grease Monkey. That's Monkey Monkey. Yes, and this is Grease Monkey Music. Woo! Did you like that little intro there? I did. I was, I was quite surprised by it. Yeah, well, this, this episode, this episode only, mm. 50% funkier. <laughs> but this episode only, that's our, that's our uh, guarantee to, okay. to the two people who listen to this panel. It sounded 100% funky. Well, that little bit did. The rest of it's going to bring the average right, right. down. Right, okay, yes, I understand. It's probably about 2% funkier. So. so, Grease Monkey Music, it's all about... Exploring songs, mm-hmm. popping the hood on yeah. a song. Look at the inner workings. Yeah. Get into it, you've up to your elbow. Up to your elbow. Yeah. So where do you want to take us today? Well, let's have a look at something that by and large arose out of the wonderful invention of recording. So we'll, right. look, at it. we'll look at samples. Samples. Mm. Samples. Uh, some people would call it sampling. Some people would call it... Sound effects? Sound effects, yeah. Yeah? Or just natural recordings or something like that? Sure. If you're not wearing any clothes. Sure. We're all about naturalism here. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's look into this. Uh, it sounds like it's a pretty big topic, though. Yes. Yes. Uh, but I have tried to make it uh, a little narrower in focus. So we're not looking at music samples um, like, you know, James Brown, Funky Drummer. Sure. Something like that. We'll just be looking at... Uh, three three categories. Three categories. Three categories. Imagine you to have a category. Oh yeah, I've even got a table drawn up. So uh, so we're looking at people today. So the sounds samples, of people. The sounds of people. Like this one. Well, more 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 speech than sure, anything. Sure. So. We'll ask the people in the crowd to keep quiet. Exactly. So so the uh, the speech ones that I've looked at. Uh, there's a mix of ones that were recorded. For the purpose. Sure. Um, and ones that were recorded for a different purpose and ended up being used as uh, part of a song. So in this category, you have two subcategories. Indeed. I only realised today that that's what I'd done. So <laughs> Our audience or our audience member mm. will be glad to hear. Yes. So where on earth are we going to start with this? What, have, you got a sam- have you got a sample of a sample? Are oh, you like that? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure where the first ones would have occurred, but uh, Dark Side of the Moon uh, is one place where they used a lot of samples of uh, voices. Right. And even though it wasn't specifically for a particular song, the voices were recorded for the album. Right. So, so you're talking about premeditated, these were premeditated recordings. Yes. I like that. The worst like kind. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Well, hit us up. What are you going to play us? Sure. Well, I'm going to play The Great Gig in the Sky off Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd. 
And uh, the voice that we're about to hear is of one of the Abbey Road janitors, Jerry O'Driscoll, for those close to him. Big shout out to Jerry, who's probably listening. Well, he's probably dead, actually. <laughs> so, this is 1975. Three, sorry. I sh- it should have a sound effect where he's like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry, and your friends. Yeah, I'll just hit the applause button. It'll be <laughs> just as good taste. Anyway, here we go. Lovely. So, so they recorded the janitor. Yes. Uh, from where? Did you say Abbey Road? Abbey Road. So, so as a recording the album, they just went around and asked various people in the building and right. also friends of or, you know, partners of various personnel. Um, yeah, just uh, from memory, I think it was a bunch of questions about the topics of the album. So that right. one was about death. About so, death. Lovely. Yeah. So <laughs> there is one that comes later. Uh, I think there's another bit by Jerry, but right. also by the wife of somebody. Okay. I'm sorry, wife for somebody. I can't remember your name. Wife for somebody. Isn't the big thing that at some point they uh, got Paul McCartney, they recorded him, and then <clears throat> left it on the cutting room floor? <laughs> shout, out, right. shout out to Lord Ben for that one. <laughs> they re- he recorded something and they scrapped it. That's right. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Pink Floyd. Shout out to Lord Kev. Yeah. Uh, where are we going to go next? Well, let's go a few years later. We'll go to 1981 with... A dream duo of Brian Eno and David Byrne. Uh, not, not, for, not for Lord Ben, right, I think. Again, we, we keep being well. hounded by the ghosts <laughs> of the other lords. So uh, this is by Brian Eno and David Byrne, a wonderful uh, dream duo of their uh, album. Which um, is called My Life in the Bush of Ghosts. Yes. What an unusual name. Yes, very improbable. Yes, and this one's called Help Me Somebody, and what they did was, uh, it was quite experimental for both of them. So one of the things that they did was record people off the radio, whatever, so they recorded someone called Reverend Paul Morton uh, and used some of his some of his chatter right. uh, to, to scatter through the song, which is called Help Me Somebody. So that was intentional. They, no, that wasn't intentional. No, no. So it's not like they went to the reverend and say, "Can you say something for us?" Right. They just listened to the radio. I they think. found the, okay. They made or a, a re- tape or something. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then used that. Yeah. All right. I'm assuming they got permission, but so this is in the what's the opposite of premeditation? No, no meditation. <laughs> non yeah, non meditated. Non meditated. Non medicated. Non meditated. I like well, it. it. Would be. Uh, uh, Murder in warm blood? I don't know. <laughs> sure, manslaughter. Like premeditated is cold blood. So yeah, 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 yeah. So this is just manslaughter. Just Accidentally homicide. recorded it mm-hmm. and used it. So we've crossed over into the 
second subcategory of the yes. original category. Yes. I think right. we should have warned everyone. Everyone's got whiplash <laughs> now that we've moved dramatically. But Well, so some of them are a mix. And uh, I should point out that Beatles reference, Revolution number nine. Yep. You know, years earlier that both of them had a whole mix of different samples mashed into that one, well, I won't call it song, but track. Um, <laughs> I thought you said trash then, but tra- no, track. <laughs> trash. Sure. So I'll be looking at, at that again later. But, yeah, they, they incorporated a whole bunch of stuff, but as we all know, it was largely unlistenable. Right. Um, whereas, <laughs> <laughs> whereas the two examples that we've just heard, you know, at least try and weave it in into sure. an interesting way. Right. Yeah. So, so rather than calling that a Beatles reference, that's a Beatles put down. That's what you want. To, that's really what you want well, to get off your chest. There, it is the White Album. <laughs> I don't know what else you want from me. That's right. Thank you. All right. So now, now what? All right. Well, time to get a little hard and heavy. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I'm ready. Where are we going? <laughs> We're going to Iron Maiden. And Number of the Beast sure. <clears throat> from 1982. Well, we'll have a listen and then I'll tell you who's saying what. Let's have a listen and see if we can find out. Woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil sends the beast with wrath because he knows the time is short. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. I left Scream for me, Long Beach. <laughs> now that, who was that? <clears throat> so that was some dude called Barry uh, Clayton or Clayton. I don't know which it is, and, sorry. And, and why is this newsworthy? Why, why? You, why, why are we giving a shout out, shout out to Barry? Hey, because, Barry. Because... Because they had asked Vincent Price to do it, but he refused. He chucked a bit of a uh, evangelista right. by refusing to do it unless he was paid £25,000. Right. So that was back in 1982. Wow. And I believe they must have said, Vincent, get your hand off it. But does that mean when Michael Jackson in 1984 said to him, can you do the same for Thriller? Yeah. And he said, give me £25,000. Mm. Michael said, that's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bargain. That's a bargain. Sure. Well, maybe Michael should get his hand off it. Yes. You've dealt your medal card and hopefully that's it. Um, yes. Oh, the fans are happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, uh, medal. And, and now that, that was intentional. That was a premeditated recording, right? Yes, it was. And it wasn't the, uh, the last time that they did it. They also had someone come in and speak some... Uh, poetry from the rhyme of the Ancient Mariner right. for the song in the same name. Right. So they had form. So, okay. Yeah. Right. But we've we've jumped subcategories again. Yeah. All right. Yep. Hang with us, audience. Where we'll get there. <laughs> so now, now, are we staying in this category or absolutely not? <laughs> Let's jump again. <laughs> we're going. We're going further in time to 1988, but we're going back to the original category which was uh, we'll just find something right. and whack it in. And whack it in. And it's, it's a short sample, but for the album that it's off, it's a powerful one. Let's hear it. Too black, too strong. Too black, too strong. Yo, Chuck, these honey dribbles are still front on us. Tell them that we can do this, because we always do this. Ha, ha, yeah. 
Well, you bought the funk with that one. Hey? Hey? Funk and rap. Now, who was that? So it was Public Enemy. Uh, the song was Bring the Noise off the album It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. It does. And that sample was your friend and mine, Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Yes. And that was from a famous speech that he did. And that particular bit was he was discussing a metaphor of coffee and cream. And he was saying, you know, if your coffee is too black, if it's too strong, what do you do? You add some cream to it. What happens? You dilute it. Right. So, right. Yep. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so it's it's unusual for the song because the song is really just talking. Well, I guess because there are all black group yeah, it yeah. kind of makes sense but for the album generally it makes better sense so all right can we wrap this up we can can we go anywhere in the in the not so distant future for all our young all the young listeners out there well, not, not too distant future we can go to 1996 <laughs> oh, that's and better. by this stage i mean the samples of people's voices have you know occurred all over the place but another one uh, that i'm going to play that incorporates it into the song as an intro and then at various points, is uh, one by DJ Shadow. The track is Building Steam with a Grain of Salt. He's he's uh, sampled an interview with a drummer called George Marsh. Right. About drumming. Okay. And so there's a lot of drumming in the track as well. Great. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Producing... From listening to records, I just knew what to do. I mainly taught myself. And, you know, I did pretty well, except there were a few mistakes but, uh, that I made that uh, I have just recently cleared up. You know. I'd like to just continue to be able to express myself as best as I can in mystery. You know, I feel like I have a lot of work to do. Still, you know, I'm a student of the drums, and I'm also a teacher of the drums, too. <laughs> okay, so that, that was DJ Shadow. As yeah. I, as I said, there are lots of uh, sampled voices yes. in lots of music these days. Yeah. Um, perhaps, perhaps one that takes it to the next level is uh, when... Audio is taken and auto-tuned and put to a proper song. Right. It's almost like, yeah, taking that that raw stuff, fixing it, making it a melody and adding some background music, something like that? Absolutely. Have you got an example for us? I have. So this is by, um, they called themselves Auto-Tune the News. Right. uh, Also known as the Gregory Brothers. Right. One particularly famous one back in the day. Uh, that they did was a sample of, um, they're all unfortunate incidents, uh, sometimes funny but usually unfortunate. Right. <laughs> this one was an intruder had been caught uh, going into someone's house. Right. And so he was interviewing the brother of the uh, person who got uh, attacked. He's climbing in your windows, he's snatching your people up, trying to rape them so you need to hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband, because they're raping everybody out here. You don't have to come and confess, we're looking for you, we gon' find you, we gon' find you, so you can run and tell that, run and tell that, run and tell that, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, we got you. 
with your t-shirt to the left finger prints and all you are so dumb you are really dumb for real you are really 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 so dumb i was attacked by some idiot in the project so dumb so dumb so dumb so dumb wow that's so that's taking it to the next level yes Yes, so everything uh, vocally in there was all just speech, and they yes auto tuned it and yep. put put all the instrumentation behind it. And what a worthwhile task that is. <clears throat> well, it was very amusing. In that particular case, they ended up contacting that family and arranging so that whatever royalties oh wow well, uh, well, that is that nice would be would be shared. That so, is nice. Yeah, not just Slavian people's misery. <laughs> So that, that brings us to the end of our samples of people samples. It does. It does. What a, what a great episode. Well done for bringing it up. Let's, uh, let's end it here, but remind people that in a couple of weeks' time, maybe they could tune mm-hmm. back in for another Grease Monkey music and hear samples from the built environment. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. See ya. Bye. Grease Monkey. Grease Monkey. That's Monty Monty. Oh, yes. Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, oh, that's class. Oh, that's that's how you do it. That's a difficult fourth episode. Yeah, well. <laughs> Pulled out with the fire lights. No comment. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> that was great. Um, please, go on to social. Follow us. Give us a review. Give Tell a comment. us how much you love yeah. us. Reviews really do help out. Um it helps, us, helps other people see us, like us, do what you got to do. You know the drill. Everyone yep. knows the drill. But look, sure. it, it pains me to say it, but at least half of the playlist for this episode will be Meatloaf. Mm. Oh, so if you go to Spotify yeah. and search yeah. on Lords of Loud profiles, yeah. um, you'll you'll find the uh, you'll find it'll probably the playlist just, there in all its terrible. I'd say glory. it's. I'd say it'll be so popular it'll just be there in one of. Spotify's top playlist. Oh, right. Could be, yeah. could well, be. Chunky seven. Team, team will tell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. But yes, that that uh, reminds me to you know tell everybody to get to the Spotify page. Lord Al's done a great job of getting all our playlists up on there. Yeah. Uh, Make sure you go to the profile. It's nearly impossible to find, but uh, yeah, if you That's do right. find it, there's a real treasure trove of, oh, of stuff there, there to is. listen to. Um, but most importantly of all, please join us again on the Lords of Loud. Lords of Loud is recorded at Zip Studios and proudly distributed as part of the Zenith Command Network. 